Hello, you are listening to the Bethel Atlanta Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com. Uh, can, can, can everybody hear the loud mouth? Hey, thanks, Daniel. Thank you. Thank you for that. That wonderful introduction from my, I always call him my hero. I always call him my hero. It takes a lot to step away from a business and being the, the top guy in your company and then create a platform that all of us can eat off of. It's a big deal in my heart. So my hero, Steve, you know it. Um, I, I want to acknowledge a few people today. Uh, my beautiful queen, Kimberly. Yes. My, my beautiful, beautiful queen. She's my favor, and, and she's everything in my life. And uh, an, another special person, y'all might not know her, and I might embarrass her, but without her, without her obedience, her and her husband, I, I wouldn't be born again today. And so, Lynn, she led me to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even know what an encounter was, but they were young and hungry for people to know Jesus, and they led me to Christ, so I, I'm forever indebted to you. So I spent like the last, <laughs> I spent, so I love, everybody knows I love worship, and man, I was just, I was about to lose my voice, I was like, hold up, let me just sit down a little bit. Because I'll lose my voice. And uh, I was just down there like crying, man. And, you know, I was hearing like different voices while the worship was going on. Like I was hearing like a man register voice. Anybody hear like an extra voice during the worship day? Was it just me? Maybe just me. <laughs> but, but I was hearing a whole bunch of stuff going on. And it was so beautiful. And just seeing all, of, all my brothers and sisters and just thinking about how, how God is just blowing through this place, right? Like, he's been doing, like, a, a serious uptick in our worship that's been, like, extraordinary. It, yeah. Anybody else in agreement? Like, so I've, I've been a part of worship now for, for the past 22 years in, in different places, and I can tell you, like, I've, I've never seen worship happening like what's happening right now. And I feel super privileged. And it's, it's, felt, it's felt holy. You know what I mean? It's felt like, like God just had this, this little piece that he wanted to just break off himself and say, huh, Bethel Atlanta, you get this. And I'm happy about that. But how many, body, how, how, how many people in here know that the music has to stop, right? The, 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 music, the music, eventually, eventually the music has to stop. And then you leave here and you go home. Right? You pull up to the same garage, uh, Monday morning, you got a clock in. Life just goes back to the way it, it normally does. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Anybody looking forward to Monday right now? <laughs> but but I, I, I want to point this out here. I want to point this out. That when you go back and, and go back to the, the reality that you have, 
on a regular basis, there's some things that pop up, like those things that kind of like are with you all the time, like insecurities, insignificance, right? Because even though we're like fire-baptized, blood-bought people, and we love Jesus and stuff, we, let me step away from that, that's going to get pretty loud there, we still have to be who we are, right? And hey, man, <laughs> that's a praiser right there, new worship leader. Look at that, look at that. But I, I will tell you, like, one of the things that we face as a nation today is that we love popularity, right? We love for people to know about us, and, and some people are more bold about it, you know. We got social media, so you can become almost anybody you want to on social media, right? They don't really have to know you, but you can become anybody you want to on social media, which isn't a bad thing. You know, sometimes, like, when, when things are going bad, you know, we, we as a church sometimes demonize it, but it's, it's not bad. But I, I want to kind of use that as a platform to, to kind of connect what God is doing with us in this worship thing, because last week... And when I, when I opened, I remember just, just God just giving me a quick download of, of what was happening in the room. And does anybody here remember when I asked, was God kind of dealing with them outside of the worship time? Remember, anybody remember that question last week? Because what I'm submitting to you all today is that, is this. God's not wanting to end while it's here. He's not wanting it to end while it's here. As a matter of fact, he's actually wanting to creep over into those places that I just talked about, those places of insecurity, places of not knowing who you are, whatever it is. And he's wanting to say, you know what? What I'm doing in this corporate setting, I'm like creating spaces in your heart. I'm creating spaces in your heart so that when you leave here, when you leave here, you have something to kind of hold this when I'm pouring out. Amen? Well, we're actually going to go into the Bible today. <laughs> we're going to open up the Bible, Scott, just for you. <laughs> I, I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to talk about David a little bit, and I'm going to use a different angle. Let's go to 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. 1 Samuel 16. Old Testament, 1 Samuel 16. All right. Now, I am not going to read this whole story, okay? But I'm going to read some things. I'm going to open it up a little bit. So everybody knows this part of the story. Samuel was getting old in age. Saul was the original king. He was head and shoulders above the rest. Thanks, Steve. I was thinking, like, are you like Saul or something now? <laughs> you have a bad spirit. <laughs> but Saul, he, he couldn't obey, man, so he was up out of there. And so God wanted to anoint another king, and he came through the prophet Samuel. Everybody say Samuel. Mm-hmm, because he plays a very key part in what we're going to talk about today. So... We see here in verse 4, Samuel did what the Lord commanded and came to Bethlehem. The elders of the city came to meet him, trembling, and said, 
do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And she consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. Now, this doesn't sound like him anointing the king. If I can give you a backdrop, when God told Samuel to go ahead on it and anoint the new king, he thought that Saul was going to kill him. So God gave him a strategic way how to go inside and to be able to um, do this task that he had called him to. So in sixth, when they came, he looked on Eliab and thought, surely the, no- the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, very familiar verse, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks in the heart. I'll kind of camp out right there for a little bit. So we all know this part. It's not super exciting. So I can see Eliab coming out there and Jesse presenting him. And, you know, Eliab went to Jerusalem University or whatever. And, 10.0 grade average and, you know, has some 44s on his chariot. Like, I don't know what he did. But, but he seemed like the obvious choice. Some 44s, those are big, huh, Doug? Okay. He's, he seemed like the obvious choice, right? He was, the Bible said that he was tall in stature. The Bible said that he looked good, that he sounded good, that he played the part. But he wasn't the one. But then... Abinadab came after him. Nope. So number three, nope. Four, five, six, nope. I will tell you the question that that came into my mind as I read that. It wasn't even something that I've ever heard preached about. Why didn't Jesse just choose David (laughs) from the rip? Why did he suffer us through seven verses of sons? I could have stayed awake at night trying to read but I fell asleep in between all those sons not getting picked but the second question how was Samuel so accurate in being able to hear each and every one of those sons no 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 because he could have picked son number four and history would have been way different right See, we, we look at people where they are a lot of times. Come on, amen. You know, whether it's social media, whether it's... A lot, a lot of times in the church setting, right? Like you, you'll see somebody up, up on here and it seemed like a big deal, right? They're, they're up on an upraised platform. People are looking at them. But I will tell you something. This means nothing. This means nothing. Platform means nothing without having a relationship with the Lord. Because, listen, this doesn't take care of those insecurities. If anything, it could magnify them. This this is something that is very, very public. This isn't something that's private. So what I started thinking about was like, what was Samuel's process? Y'all know the story? All the way back when he was a kid. Samuel. 
Samuel. Samuel, speak, Lord, thy servant hears. Samuel had been cultivating that for a long time. It wasn't just in the moment. It was not just in the moment. It was something that he's been dealing with God for a long, long time. Hearing his voice, as Steve always says, hear his voice, run and obey. Because if you read the story, Samuel's actually scared at this point. But he's, he loved the Lord enough that he was going to go ahead and do it anyway. And David was anointed as king. So then we look at this other aspect. David, out in the fields by himself, doing what his father told him to do. Look at this dynamic right here. God connected Samuel with someone who had done exactly what he had done when he was a young man, and that is someone else who answered the call of God. That's what this room is full of. Just look to your left and look to your right. God has connected us here with people who have answered the call of God, and if I could just sit down and talk to almost everybody here, you would have a story. You would have a story about how you moved here how you change jobs. And so now we have this beautiful, beautiful prophetic culture that like Samuel can see something in you and speak life into you, right? Okay. Well, I want to go to another scripture. Y'all, two scriptures today. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, last week we were in Ephesians. Well, let's go to Philippians. Let's go to Philippians. Man, those little books pack some power. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians? will wreck you. Who's that to say that's right? You know it. That's somebody to read the Bible right there. Let's go to Philippians 3. We're going to talk about somebody else here. See, there's that tension, man. And, and there, there's that temptation to succumb to the pressure of being somebody who you're not, right? Yeah. Or being something that you're not so that you could fulfill yourself, so you could feel whole. That's the army in me. I'm sitting here. I see something right here. To correct it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's look at Revelations 3. And uh, I'm, I want to read this whole little section. Uh, Philippians, thank you. So y'all are prophets in here. <laughs> Philippians 3, verse 3. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh. I have more. Now, Paul is about to do a little bit of bragging here in a good way. In a good way. And it's justified. We'll talk about that. Paul is about to do a little roll call of all his accomplishments here. <laughs> Let's see. He was circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin. Hello. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. That's like a Tyronian of Tyronian. <laughs> that's like, 
that's the highest level of Tyrone. Like, <laughs> as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church. Now let's, re- let's read on, because I'm going to read his credentials here. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. He was the ultimate rule follower. But listen to this. And this is, what, this is what God is calling us to. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Listen, that I may know him. Somebody say that I may know him. That I may know him. And the power of his resurrection, huh? Listen, Blake said this, and I want to read it exactly the way I said it. He said this a couple weeks ago. This is brilliant. (laughs) If love can't make a requirement, that is a breach in intimacy. Blake Hillen. I don't know where you got that from, but I was like, (laughs) The presence isn't just coming just to make us feel good alone. The presence isn't just coming so we could say, wow, that song was great today. You don't have to tell me. I already know that many in here, it's not just about the service because he's dealing with you you after the fact. He's dealing with you after the fact. He's saying those little things of obedience like Samuel and David, go here. Little things, not nothing big. He's not saying go grab a pulpit. Little things, right? I'll give you an example. Man, there's this show I like on Netflix, and I'm not going to tell nobody. I don't want nobody else to be in sin. But, man, this, this show, the, the acting is incredible. I love it. I love it. And uh, Luis came by my house, and uh, we were just talking. And uh, we were just talking about holiness. Isn't it good to have a brother that you could just talk about like real deep stuff with? We're talking about holiness. And he was like, brother, you know how Louis talk. I'm not going to try it. I can imitate good. I ain't going to do it. But, but, he was, but he was just like, brother, there's, there's a show that I've been watching. And so like I've been feeling like the Lord saying, pull away from that show. Pull away from that show for a little bit. So I mentioned the show that I like. Just happened to be the same show. <laughs> same show. But 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 this is the deal though. This is this is the deal. I have been getting that about the same show. It's it's not highly, you know, not a whole lot of adult stuff. It's just very violent. A lot of blood and guts, and it's very violent. Uh, but it's great acting, so I kinda like oh, the acting is good. So, but but, but what's happening, though, because we're connected to who? So he's just, he's just throwing out these little feelers out there, Jordan. 
He said, turn that off right now because you're being desensitized to death. But, come on. We, we want to say, oh, that, that can't be you. Well, he sent my brother right there to confirm it. He sent, he sent my brother right there, right, to confirm it. The very same thing that I, I myself, I, I felt the Lord was telling me. So what is it with you? Because he's a very, very personal Jesus. He's super personal. It's like this. In the kingdom, one size doesn't fit all. They're, the only thing that we all can do is accept Jesus. But if, if you want to go deeper with Jesus, there's a price. Man. I don't know. I don't know who could understand this one, but I'm going to break this one down. Salvation is free. Jesus is taking care of that. But to go deeper, there's a price you have to pay. I'll never forget uh, when Lynn led me to Christ and I had my first encounter with Jesus. I had a few things going for me at the time. I was, I was getting promoted pretty quick. Um, I, had, I had a musical gift, and people was always, all the time asking me to tour with them. And I was like, no. No. Because what I had been searching for all my life, I had finally found it. I wasn't restless anymore. I wasn't searching anymore. The field of great price was before me. And I didn't care about being on tour with who's who. It didn't matter to me. Like Paul said, I counted it as dung. Touring was dung. <laughs> it was dung. And I can play with the best of them. I can, I promise. I can morph into any musical style. But it couldn't do anything for me. It couldn't do anything for me. It, it didn't have any satisfaction for me. And all I wanted to do was just get back to my room and pray, read my Bible, and play basketball and eat. That's, that's, all, that's all I wanted to do. But, but, but check out what happened. I began to hear his voice more clear, though. For a season, don't associate with these people right here. You still love them just the same. But understand that evil communication corrupts good manners. He didn't say that they were bad, but I was into some pretty dark stuff. I couldn't be hanging with them and doing what I was doing over here. Am I making sense to anybody? They were grimy, man. This is like the Tupac days. I'm exposing my age. Tupac was going strong when I was <laughs> exposing my age. Yeah, Biggie and Tupac. <laughs> but he was like, for a season, for a season, I need you to back off from those guys. But you know what happened as, as a result of backing off from those guys? Even though it hurt, even though I was enduring persecution, I would hear about the jokes left and right. I would hear about how they were talking about me. Because you got to understand, just the week before, man, we was in the deep places of Germany, man. Doing all kind of stuff. And then the next week, I'm talking about in a prayer meeting. So you can imagine, like, <laughs> prayer meeting, 
Anybody get, anybody get, get my drift? But it was a worthy price to pay. It was a worthy price to pay. And I remember that during those times, I would just have dreams and stuff, and somebody I didn't even know would just come give me a prophetic word to just kind of just reassure me and say, you know what? You're doing what God told you to do, and that's all right. And so now, those places that I talked about that, that God's wanting to carve in all of us, I love what he says in Revelations 3 and 20. He says that, behold, I knock gently. I knock gently at your heart. He said that he who lets me in, he said, I'm going to fellowship with him. I'm going to eat with him. If you look at who he was talking to, he was talking to the church. That's, that's not an altar call of scripture. He was talking to the church in Laodicea. These are people who already knew him. So what would he be knocking for? And so what I'm seeing is, especially for us as a house, like God is really wanting to take this thing to another level that's deeper. He's wanting us to be able to answer that call that he sent to each and every one of us. I can't sit up here and, and tell you what God is telling you, but I know that he wants to go deeper because he's knocking. He's knocking. He says, I want a real intimate people. So people, they look at me sometimes, like he's always screaming and all that kind of stuff. I remember being in that dark place. I remember being in a place where I didn't know where I was going to go. But I paid a price to allow him to take deeper resonance inside my heart. That I may know him. And the fellowship of his sufferings. So I could ask you today, what is it that the Lord is asking you to do? Somebody could say nothing. The, the altar, salvation right here. And then it's here. <laughs> and then I'll just decide. <laughs> what is God speaking to you? I know God is speaking to you. Why? Jen said it earlier. Because he poured his spirit out on all flesh. Not some. All flesh. I don't know about you, but if he's pouring out something and he's holy, he pours out something on you, it's got to be holy, right? So this is what's happening right now. It's, it's called, somebody say this with me, the sanctification process. He's already called you out. What he's doing, he's just pulling you just nearer to his heart. Just a little bit more. Because why? It's starting with you. What ends up happening is though he does a work in you so he can change the world around you, right? So you end up being that for your family now, being the priest of, of your family in, in essence, right? And then you end up utilizing that in your business, in your home, everything I do is overshadowed by paying that price. Everything. Kim will tell you, uh, we're, I'm not selling my business, so please. We're, we're both in real estate, and I'll never forget, we had a couple that we, we were doing some work with. And how about we had to utilize pastoral skills 
that we have to utilize hearing from God in order to help close that deal. We didn't use God, but because Jesus is the overarching theme in our life, we leaned on him for the wisdom to take care of that deal, right? We leaned on him for the wisdom to take care of that deal because in everything that I do, he's first. He's wanting to take prime real estate inside your heart. Prime. Prime real estate. I'll never forget, man. One of the things that I really like to do, I love to... Uh, anybody like like what houses look like like before they're finished being built, like like looking at the guts and all that stuff. And me in my mind, I'm I'm looking sometimes at the wood and I'm like, man, why don't you just replace that one right there? Like, it, it's supposed to be a rectangle, but half of it is cut off. Like, put a perfect piece of wood in there. That's for a business. Think about what God is doing in your heart. He's looking at those little spaces and saying, you know what? I love you just the way you are, but you're my bride. I'm going to just beautify you a little bit. I'm make you even more perfect, even more pretty, because I'm making you something that can do what? Impact the world, because why? You're popular with me first. And he said that when you fulfill my joy, he said, I'll make your joy complete. So you don't have to have depression and things to that nature because you start leaning into a God who really loves and cares about the deeper things of your heart. See, there's a trick. We have social media, right? But it's not very social. <laughs> really. I mean, unless, unless you're utilizing it to, to meet up, but it's not very social. It's very disconnected. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. I understand it's a tool, but it's nothing devilish about it. I just, yeah. But we're needing relationships that are deeper than the surface these days. He's wanting us to connect. He's wanting us to be able to be people who, check this out, since now I've kind of dealt with these things in my heart and allowed God to deal with them, I'm going to connect with others who are kind of doing the same thing. And then we become the 300, right? We become that army like, yes, all of us are running an old band. All of us are living in joy. All of us are living in peace. All of us are living in completeness. And we're all at different stages of our stuff. But man, we are people of peace and love and joy and connection and all that other good stuff. I'm really talking about the things that's in your heart that God is calling you to. This many not, it's not here. It's here. It's not here. It's here. And maybe, just maybe, one day he'll say, you know what? Boom, be up there. I know one thing. I never plan to be up here. Never. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got it. Quick story. Quick story. In uh, eighth grade, uh, but I was a I was a class clown, class clown, <laughs> class clown, and I I knew everybody, I knew everybody, and I had a friend of mine. He was about an inch taller than me, and I was I was six one in eighth grade. He was six two, 
So we were two tall clowns in, in eighth grade. And, uh, and, and my aunt died on a Saturday, and uh, I didn't go to school. Uh, I mean, I went to school that Monday, and her funeral was on Tuesday, so he kept on like, kind of like messing with me, you know what I mean? That Monday when I went to school, I kind of had a headache. So he kept on hitting me in my head. I'm like, man, leave me alone. So long story short, we got into a fight, and some people say I beat him up. Some people say he beat me up. It's just one of those tie fights. Anybody fought here? You know about the tie fight. Come on, you know about the tie fight. Like, you got some, he got some, you know. I know some of y'all fought before. But, uh, so Tuesday I didn't come to school. It was auntie's funeral. And then Wednesday I go back to school, and, like, he's all hyped up, man. Like, whew, Yeah. I didn't have any energy. I didn't want to fight. And so I kind of, I met him inside the bathroom. I knew everybody, right? So I meet him inside the bathroom. And I didn't have any energy, anything like that. I really didn't want to fight, man. I was just like, whatever. And all I remember was his foot coming down on my face. And uh, so I was out of school for two weeks, all kind of concussion, all that kind of stuff. So the guy who was the class clown, who knew everybody, all of a sudden, I became quiet as a mouse. Like, I stopped talking. So for four years, I stopped talking. I stopped talking for four years. People would talk right across me. They would pass notes. You know, we didn't have cell phone devices, so we used to fold-up notes thing. <laughs> I just ignore it. That guy's talking to you today. Because I let God do something in my heart. I let him fill places in my heart. I gave him my anger. I gave him my insecurity. I gave him the perverted thoughts I would have in my mind that was passed to me from generations of stuff, man. I mean, really deep, dark stuff in my family. But there's a greater glory that God wants to give Bethel Atlanta. What if all of us walked in that? What if all of us walked in the day-to-day knowing that were connected to the almighty God. Yeah. I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all know my deepest desire. It's not music. It's not this. It's I just want to know. I listened to Zayna yesterday. Y'all see that fire that's coming out of her right now? She knows what I'm talking about. Steve knows what I'm talking about. Up in that business putting it aside so that all of us could have a place. Every, as a matter of fact, every last one of these staff members, I'm telling you something about them, they have the intelligence to be six and seven-figure earners, but they put their that aside so they could come do the work of the kingdom. Every last one of them, every last one of them, I can see it, I smell it, I know it, but they're doing it because they're serving a purpose. Listen to this little saying, Don't be driven by popularity. Don't be derailed by lack of popularity, but be driven by purpose. And the purpose is to know him with everything that's within us. Amen. Well, uh, I got a little something here. Uh, My my brother Cooksey and, and Vanessa, can you come forward, please? 
I'm not going to do the, the traditional altar call thing because we don't do the traditional altar call thing. You've been here for a while. But did this resonate with anybody today? Did anybody see that nothing else matters except me getting close to the king of kings? And then from that place, I can treat my brother and my sister way different. We have tools, man. We have we got sozo. We got counseling. We got ways to connect. But there's no nothing more important than knowing Jesus, man. Can we stand on our feet? See, he just wants to know Jesus. So Jesus, I just, I thank you, Lord, for these people. I thank you that these are your sons and daughters who revival has already started, Lord Jesus. You're showing us how to steward it, Lord, when we leave here, that we don't have to let it go, that we can let you go deeper because you do have our best interests at heart. And all of our great stuff that's happened to us, all the bad stuff, we just give it to you right now in Jesus' name. And we just declare, Lord, you loved us first, but we want to love you more. We want to love you more, Jesus. So I just pray, Lord, that you would just blow and speak to every heart today in Jesus' mighty name. Your body, it was broken 
for all the world to see. My heart is held by love so unconditional. You captivate me, you're the lover of my soul. I give you my worship and all of my passion. I give you my
Spirit, overwhelm me. Let your presence overtake my heart. I give you my worship and all of my passion. I give you my whole heart and all my devotion. I give you to the Sermon of the Week. To stay connected with Bethel Atlanta, visit www.bethelatlanta.com.